This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 8. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. We don't have Matt this week. Where's Matt, Elisa? Um, I don't know. Dylan is Skittle. Whatever <laughs> Matt does in his spare time. Okay. I wanted to put you on the spot, and you kind of passed. That was pretty quick. <laughs> so, the Oscars were this past Sunday. Hollywood's finest day! That's uh, not saying much. Do, do, do either of you watch the Oscars? No. I try not to, but it's kind of impossible because it's everywhere. They actually had their lowest. This telecast was the lowest in a long time. It was probably a few reasons, I think. Maybe, maybe some people actually did boycott because of the Oscars. So white controversy. Uh, maybe. I, I think one of the bigger factors is less people are seeing movies and less people are seeing these Oscar nominated movies. Not the people are seeing the big Hollywood blockbusters, of course, but people don't give a shit about these other movies like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant and and Spotlight, which won Best Picture. But it was a pretty eventful year. Chris Rock, um, he did take on the Oscar so white issue. He made it very, he made it uh very present in in the whole telecast. And while I was watching it, the whole time I was thinking, oh my god, if they don't nominate any person of color next year in one of the acting categories they're just gonna have to stop doing the oscars because they cannot do it again after everything chris rock said or making movies they could just stop making movies altogether (laughs) yeah that yeah so i think it's a few factors that stopped people from watching but one of the biggest moments one of the hilarious moments was when sam smith won an oscar uh best original song for his james bond song which sucked, by the way. It is nothing compared to Adele's uh, Oscar-winning James Bond song. So anyway, he goes up on stage. He claims that he's the first openly gay person to win an Oscar, which is just so wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. And then one of the openly gay people who did win, Dustin Lance Black, he won back in 2009 or 2010. He calls him out on Twitter and also says, hey, Sam Smith, you text my fiance. <laughs> you should know that I won <laughs> an Oscar. Oh, my God. Dustin Lance's, Dustin Lance Black's Oscar speech was very memorable. It was um, anybody who's watched it would know. So and then Sam Smith just kept digging a hole. Press called him out for it. He said, oh, OK, well, then I'm the second openly gay person. 
well, that's wrong too. <laughs> There's been a bunch. And uh, the best part of all, the media cites one of the openly gay people, not Dustin Lance Black, who has won an Oscar before. And Sam Smith goes, I should date him. Well, the only problem is that this guy who they were referencing died of AIDS complications in 1991. <laughs> oh. So Sam Smith did not have a good Oscars. But you know who did? Leonardo DiCaprio. He finally won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. There was a lot of excitement around it. Uh, people have been gunning for Leo to win for years <clears throat> for everything. Everybody used to have a crush on him. Did you guys have a crush on him? Oh, I totally did. What, of the course. Titanic days? Of course. Yeah. 1999, man. I was yeah. all about Leo. I had a poster of Leo. In my so room. did I. Right next to my bed. I'm pretty sure it's what I jacked <laughs> it to the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack and the Jack. That's beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> You're damn right. So so he won for The Revenant, and that was it. That's the Oscars in a nutshell. Well, and there goes there there goes the internet, right? Like, there's no use for the internet anymore because the entire web has been full of nothing but Leonardo DiCaprio memes for the past ten years. Yeah, so. which is amusing to me because I was completely unaware that that was even going on. <laughs> what? Was, yeah, well, they've started seriously. making new memes now about him actually winning. Like I saw one where it showed the top, it showed the top from Inception, you know, the little spinny top, but it showed it like falling over and then Leo with this like really sad look on his face. So, I mean, the my, the motivation is still out there. My favorite one that I've seen has been of Leonardo DiCaprio's face kind of superimposed over a picture of Dobby, the house elf. Yeah. And then... <laughs> He's clutching his trophy. He's like, the Academy has given Leo an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Leo was free. Uh, yeah, I did a wrap up on Hypable with a bunch of those memes. They, I, I, there are times where I really love the internet, and that's definitely one of them. Reading everybody's reactions, seeing all the new memes. It was great. Yeah. That and the ISIS duckies. <laughs> so what else is going on, Laura? Yeah, so related to the Apple slash FBI story that we've been harping on about for the last God knows how many episodes, we wanted to share a really quick related update. A New York judge has ruled that the FBI cannot force Apple to unlock an iPhone in the interest of acquiring information from that device. Now, this case relates to drug trafficking rather than terrorism, but the judge said that if the government agencies want to break into encrypted devices, the onus is on Congress to pass a law allowing them to do that. So this could be really good news for Apple, because now there exists a legal precedent in which this judge has basically said, no, the FBI can't make smartphone manufacturers break into phones whenever they feel like it. There needs to be a law granting them that right. So this is our opportunity, guys, to pressure our elected officials into supporting legislation which protects encryption. So we'd like to remind you to write to your representatives about the Encrypt Act, which was recently introduced in the House. If you have any questions about any of that, feel free to write into millennialshow at gmail.com, and I will very likely write you a novel in return. So be prepared for that. Maybe you can write everybody a letter to, to write to send to their... That would be amazing. Yes, I will do that. Oh, okay. More, more updates next week. That was easy. Yeah. Come on. I'm always easy. So <laughs> I think Elisa has one last exciting announcement. I'm not sure how to follow up on that one, Laura. But... What are you going to do for us, Elisa? 
Not as much as Laura will do, at least not for not as cheap. Um, all right. So we are just we've just about reached our next milestone on Patreon, which is super exciting because um, that milestone is movie commentary. And I've personally been looking forward to this a lot because we all kind of go back and forth on uh, our favorite inside jokes when it comes to our favorite movies anyway. Um so we're going to have a poll open on Patreon, and it's going to list three movies. Your job, dear listeners, is to vote for your favorite, whichever one you want to hear us comment on. Um, and the three movies are going to be The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, The Sixth Sense, and Titanic. Now, we chose these because... They came from your suggestions, first of all, but we chose these. We narrowed it down to these three because they're more serious movies and we think that it'd be funnier to hear us kind of tear them apart uh things like 50 shades of gray have been done a lot so um we're excited about it you can go over to patreon.com forward slash millennial and uh if you haven't already sign up and vote and that will be coming out within the next you know few weeks cool yeah that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to do i'm I'm stoked for it seriously at the end of the episode today, by the way, I have some exciting movie news, even though I'm a little burned out after the Oscars. Okay. So, oh, and by the way, I should mention, I forgot to mention this. Uh, Sp- have you guys seen Spotlight? Yes, it was an excellent okay. movie. Good. So that's the one that won Best Picture. Yeah, I was going to say, you mm-hmm. got to watch that. It's it's so, so fantastic. So. Oh, was that it? Yeah, that's all. Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just had to get that in real quick. All right. Well. This episode of Millennial brought to you by Spotlight. Spotlight. Moving into listener feedback, uh, we had a message from Lauren. She wrote in and said, My confession is that I just had a positive pregnancy test and I can't wait one hour for my husband to be home. I had to tell someone. So what better way than anonymously? Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my god, that's that's. I was about to be like, that's congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. I can't even speak properly. I think it's cute that you decided to not even text your husband. You decided to wait for the in-person reaction. That's that's very sweet. Well, that's in-person news. For sure. You don't text somebody. Yeah. I mean, no, you don't text somebody that. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for, for telling us first. We eagerly await to see... Which of us you name your child after? Yeah, or you can you can you know include a two, two of us. So it could be like Andrew, Laura, mm-hmm. or yeah. Elisa, Matt. Mm-hmm. Middle names, you know. Or you could combine our names. You could make like Larissa, or or, La- or Landrew, or Lame for all of us. There you go. If it's a girl, you can name it name her Lame Lauren, which is your middle name, and then whatever your last name is. <laughs> there you go. That's, All right. that's a good idea. One more. We have this. Uh, this is a more serious confessional. This came from uh, an, an anonymous person. I'm so tired and so stressed, and sometimes I just hate everything. I used to love school, but now it's just endless homework, projects, and studying. I break out into tears almost every night. I have no time for myself or my family, and I don't feel like myself anymore. I'm in high school, and if this is what college is going to be like as well, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm a hard worker and a perfectionist, but it is coming at the price of my mental health which has deteriorated ever since the school year resumed. What should I do? Adults just tell me to suck it up and get used to the real world, but I don't see the point of working hard anymore if life is just going to be like this forever. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is obviously a very serious issue that um, 
this person is dealing with. And I just want to say something that we've touched on before is that it really is important to find a work-life balance, even though you are going to probably primarily still be busy with school. Um, but I think one of the best campaigns, one of the best maybe memes, if you will, that has come out over the past 10 years is the it's get it gets better campaign it, it was initially for people who were coming out but it really applies to everybody everything truly does get better you just gotta hang in there long enough to reach that point i would say yeah. i would say first of all adults just tell me to suck it up and get used to the real world i fucking hate that Whoever you are, don't listen to that. You are in the real world. I don't care if you're in high school or in college. If juggling school and all the demands that are put on millennials, because guess what? Now, not only do you have to own a house and have a family, you have to go to college and grad school and juggle in student loans on top of it. If that isn't real world enough, if those pressures, the pressures that frankly the past generation never had to deal with, if that's not real world, I don't know what is. So they can go fucking suck a dick because I hate hearing that from from older people. Uh, don't listen to them. You're in the real world. Secondly, um, it won't be like this forever. I hated high school. High school sucked for me. I was seriously depressed in a very, very bad way. And I felt very similar to you. And if I'm being honest, it took a couple of years into college for it to start to to ease up. But I think I finally found a way to, frankly, just stop giving so many fucks. I stopped. I stopped being a perfectionist and started devoting more time to things that just brought me joy. I started writing fan fiction. I started harassing Laura, and all these things brought me joy and. And I kind of put the schoolwork and all the pressures. I didn't prioritize them quite as high, and that gave me a big that gave me a break. So, yeah, it's a great point about high school too. For, yeah. for me as well, high school sucked. I I didn't have any friends. I, I I didn't have any real friends, or sorry, in person friends. I had online friends, but not pre- people that I hung out with in person. And things started to change a lot once I entered college and then moved out to California. So, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah and- definitely high school is not your prime. Don't listen to the people who say shit like high school is the best 4 years of your life. That is bullshit. If anything, high school was the worst 4 years of my life. I hated it, just like Elisa and yep. Andrew. But man, once you get out of it, life is so much better because you get to make your own you get to, you get to call your own shots. primarily and that makes such an enormous difference and in the meantime i would just say continue to be a hard worker continue to excel academically but make sure that you're involving yourself with activities outside of academia so if you're not involved with any clubs at school try to find something that's you know relatively low commitment like i don't care join the chess club or something something you can go to for an hour after school that isn't class yes and you'll probably feel a lot better I totally agree with that. Mm. But socializing helps take your mind. It off does. Things. Even definitely even does for me. Like doing these podcasts helps a lot too, because my mind is just in the show and not elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is definitely. always like a weird distressor for me. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on now to the big story of the week. Yes. Um, Super Tuesday. 
right? So, Andrew, I know you said that you use this show to de-stress. I'm really sorry. That's not what's going to happen for the next 30 minutes. Um, So as we all know, the results from Super Tuesday are in. Some of you may be unaware of what this is about. Probably mostly because you chose to avoid being serenaded by Wolf Blitzer's dulcet tones for four hours on the evening of March 1st. That was honestly a really good life choice. But Super Tuesday is when 13 states hold their nominating contests for the presidential candidates of the Republican and Democratic parties. But before we even get into that, we will briefly mention South Carolina, where where, uh, Hillary and Donald Trump saw huge wins last week, prompting analysts to predict a similar trend on this past Tuesday. So, Andrew, can we talk a little generally about the Super Tuesday results? I mean, were they right? Yeah, I think so. So Hillary Clinton has racked up 471 delegates on Super Tuesday, bringing her to a total of 577. She won Virginia, Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, and Massachusetts. And then Sanders picked up 284 delegates, and now he has a total of 394. He won the states of Vermont, (laughs) Oklahoma, Colorado, and Minnesota. But um, then the question is, what demographics did hillary and bernie win and what does it say about their campaigns so how did they do there laura so i i don't know i don't, <laughs> don't want to venture so far to say what this says about their campaigns i'll leave that for elisa um but generally speaking i thought we saw this really interesting dichotomy where hillary was performing well amongst both rural white communities and urban black communities, whereas Bernie Sanders tends to do really, really well with white people, but not all that much else. Yeah, Bernie was winning the under thirty vote. If you look at if you look at the demographics that that he took away in, in most states, even those that he lost pretty consistently, young people he did really well with. But that was kind of it. Every other demographic, uh, racial, gender, age. Uh, education background, Hillary kind of swept up, man, and she cleaned house, man. And as far as it, what it says about their campaigns, probably just that Bernie Sanders didn't widen his appeal quite enough to reach other demographics. And again, I want to be clear before we all get firebombed that that doesn't mean that he didn't deserve to do better somehow or that he's this terrible candidate just means that there was some kind of failing that there was some kind of shortcoming they didn't they didn't expand beyond beyond young people and it's probably because most of the issues that he talks about are those that young people um tend to be drawn to it tends to resonate you know with with younger people because frankly whether it's true or not the reality is bernie sanders comes off as more liberal than Hillary Clinton and young people tend to be more liberal. So that's the bottom line. He didn't, he didn't widen his appeal enough. Yeah. Well, can we talk about what this means in terms of of Bernie's chances of earning the democratic nomination? Um, This is something that I've talked with a lot of my friends about, you know, most of my friends are Bernie supporters. And I think the thing that's really important to say is that, well, yes, mathematically, (laughs) The delegates are there, but just based on the types of demographics that these candidates are attracting and the way they're performing in different states. I mean, you're seeing large states like Texas, Virginia, Georgia, 
states with a lot of delegates, they have a really wide spread. I mean, you're seeing 30 plus point differences between Bernie and Hillary. And then in smaller states that don't have as many delegates, the races are much tighter. So they end up walking away with almost the same amount of delegates. So based on all of that information, personally, I find it very unlikely that Bernie would be able to surpass Hillary in terms of pledged delegates. And I know there are a lot of people who aren't going to be happy to hear that, but I'm sorry. I just had to say it. I'm letting them attack you. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew was leaving a moment of silence in there. Well, I I think, I think you're right. And then when you look at the super delegate picture, it gets even worse for Bernie. And in his speech last night, you could kind of hear hints of him saying that this campaign is more than about him becoming a president because he may start to realize it too. But with all that said, I'm glad he's running right now. I'm glad he's running up against Hillary. I think he has an amazing campaign. He always talks about the average donation is, what is it, $27? $27. $27. And I think I think that's really <laughs> remarkable. And he continues no. to raise money. No, I really like Bernie, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I really like him because he pulls Hillary to the left. And I, you know, I would, I know these two will never run on a ticket together, but I really wish that Hillary would be able to get the same sort of enthusiasm out of young people that we see Bernie do, uh, because I think she's really going to need it when she has to go up against GOP candidate Trump later this year. They have the enthusiasm there. In all of these states, there was record turnout, I think, except for Virginia. There was record turnout on the Republican side. Yep. Those Mm. people are going to come to the ballot box in November, too, and vote for president, vote for future President Trump. This is, yeah, I agree. This is, I've talked to Laura about this, and I don't want to skip ahead too much, but I will say I think it is crucial that we do not underestimate Trump moving forward. I think the reason he is in this position of completely upending our republic is because we have underestimated him so much to this point. He was a joke. He was a laughingstock. Literally, Huffington Post filed him under comedy on their news site. That's not that's not good because this is where it's gotten us. We didn't take him seriously. No one, you know, no one raised the alarm quickly enough. And now look, I mean, we'll get into that more. But I think that you're right, Andrew. I think moving forward... Uh, that does have to be the focus. We can't take yeah. that shit for granted. It's not a joke anymore. <laughs> it's really not. No, if it is, it's a fucking <laughs> sad one. Uh, Laura, didn't you want to talk? I here's I I think we need to talk about super delegates a little bit because yeah. when it comes to the Democratic primaries, they're a big deal. They're very important. GOP doesn't have them. So, what are super delegates? How does that work? So. Before I get into the explanation, I'm going to say something else that's going to make me very unpopular, but I think it's really important that everybody understands that superdelegates were not like sent from Krypton to the Democratic Party in 2016 with the mission of fucking over Bernie Sanders. That's not what they're there for. Superdelegates have actually been a fixture in the Democratic Party since 1968. That's when the party rewrote its rules to include them in an effort to prevent the nomination of a candidate who would be completely destroyed in a general election. And since the Democrats got so tired of having their asses handed to them, that's why we have that now. So superdelegates can really provide a safety net against 
let's say, like a racist sociopath like Trump. So I promise you the GOP is wishing they had something like this in their current situation. Now, they do have something called unpledged delegates, but there are only three of those per state. And even with Trump's current performance, even if all of them rallied behind the same candidate, it's pretty unlikely they'd be able to stop him. Um, Democratic superdelegates, this is really important. They aren't bound to any candidate and they can change their minds. This is actually something that we saw happen in 2008 when Obama ended up receiving pledges from superdelegates who had originally pledged to Hillary. So right now you're seeing a lot of news outlets that are including superdelegate totals in, in Bernie and Hillary's total amount of delegates. I personally think you should ignore that right now. Because superdelegates aren't really a thing until the summer. Just look at pledged delegates right now. That's my opinion. But aren't they, pl- I mean, well, they they are pledged right now, but like you said, they can change. The right. So like some delegates. of them may be affiliating with Hillary right now, but they did that in 2008 too. Mm-hmm. And but they are they shit. going to change? I don't know. People didn't, hey, listen, people were having this same argument in 2008. Yeah. All right. Thinking that superdelegates were there to fuck over Obama. So should we talk about the GOP side now? Yeah, absolutely. Unless, okay. Elisa, did you have anything to offer about superdelegates? No, I, I I think you covered it. I would just say that they can change sides. And I think the Sanders campaign needs to direct some of his effort into convincing the superdelegates to do exactly that. I think there's a lot of anger uh, the existence of superdelegates, and I think that some of that anger is very valid, but you're not going to change the process until you're part of the process. And so unless Bernie Sanders actually gets elected, it's kind of a moot point to march around Facebook and get all pissy about the existence of superdelegates. I'm real glad that you know how to use the post button and you're all excited about these new emoticons, but they're not helping your candidate. If you want to help your candidate, you'll help get him elected. And the best way to do that, apart from, you know, getting out there and calling voters and 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 working the polls, is is to convince the campaign to care about superdelegates. And then once he's in and once he once he's part of the party proper, he can change that. You know, he can be that agent of change that we all, including myself, believe he could be. Yes. Until well, then, however, it's 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 valid, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. The other things. the other thing that I wanted to bring up based off of what Elisa just said is to remind everybody that the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they are both private organizations. We talked about this a few episodes ago when Elisa reminded everybody that they can literally nominate their candidate however they want. Yeah. And it's so, not undem- undemocratic to do that because they are, like Laura just said, they're private. They're private yes. organizations. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. And the other thing to remember, too, is because they're members of an organization, these superdelegates, they're made up of ex-presidents and senators. Nancy Pelosi is a superdelegate. These people all are very invested in the Democratic Party. So they will tend to favor somebody like Hillary Clinton who helps other Democrats. Right. And and Bernie Sanders hasn't always been a Democrat. He's been an no. independent. And so there's going to be a natural bias in favor of Hillary there. So that's true. But again, you want to help Bernie Sanders. I'm I am behind you, but you have to 
go convince the superdelegates yourself. As Laura just said, many of them mm-hmm. are elected officials. If you go, there is a list on Vox. I will post it to the Facebook group of all of the superdelegates. Find one that is from your state. Call them, write them, say, I'm not all about this hill dog. I want to feel the burn. So you can make a difference that way. Definitely. All right, Andrew, sorry. Now you can talk about the GOP. (laughs) It's okay. So um, I actually just want to add on to that. I feel like people are frustrated by the superdelegate system because they are seeing a real movement amongst the people for Bernie. And to see that the superdelegates, and I guess in some cases to learn for the first time that the superdelegates exist, uh, is frustrating. So I just want to say I think we all, maybe, maybe all of us, understand the frustration there. Because it is exciting to see some so much support around Bernie and then a lot of it fall apart due to superdelegates. Yeah, I mean, that's, I totally understand. But the superdelegates are not even remotely what's fucking him right now. Hillary's leading him by almost 200 pledge delegates. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's, but it's, it's, not, it's not like they're tipping the scale between a 10-point spread. No, I know. But when you, when you see it on a map, when you see John King pull up those superdelegates, add those in, it, Hillary has such a gigantic lead at that point that it's like, well, Bernie can't win. What the That's fuck? what I would say. Honestly, it's not worth paying attention to the superdelegates right now. Okay. I think it's way too early to be paying attention to them. And I think anybody who includes those in delegate counts is just trying to create drama, honestly. So- Super delegates follow the lead of the pledge delegates. Mm-hmm. They will fall in line. They will fall in line wherever the pledge delegates go, generally speaking. And again, you have the power, my friends. Fucking the- write them. All right. Yeah. GOP. So the- GOP. So here's what happened on this side. Trump had picked up 192 delegates giving him a total of 274 and cruz picked up 132 giving him a total of 149 then there's rubio who picked up 66 for a total of 82 uh Kasich and carson of course were also in the race but they did not win Kasich didn't win any did he end up winning a state no okay and, <laughs> and i know carson dropped out so today he decided to not attend thursday's debate so he's probably out for good now so yeah word is that um the gop actually promised to back him (laughs) to run for senator in florida if he dropped out of this race and my grandparents live in florida my grandparents are republicans and when they found that out we were talking to my granddad and he was like oh lord please help me (laughs) (laughs) So what, what amazed me about these GOP results is how everyone got real pumped because Cruz won Texas. And I'm like, why? If you He can't, was supposed to win you Texas. Need, you need to win. I mean, this is really this is really elections 101. If you can't win your home state, there's a Mitt- serious problem. I mean, yeah. you're basically out. Just ask Mitt Romney. Yeah, exactly like that's that is the bottom of the barrel that is that is like that's the standard for even being able to move forward as winning your own state and now it's being celebrated as this huge win i think that that is in i think that the fact that we all see that the media sees cruz winning texas as a big win I think that that is just evidence of Cruz having a fantastic spin campaign. They've done a great job of managing expectations and 
positioning themselves as being the only ones who can stop Trump. Look, we won Texas. But like, bro, you're from Texas. You can't win your own people over then. I mean, what are we going to do with you? Put your ass on a raft. I don't know. Not, but. not to mention, it wasn't exactly a huge win. I right. mean, only basically, he ended up with a third of his state's votes, more or less. It just so happened that he had more on an individual basis than Trump and Rubio did. So, like, he found out two thirds of his state still hates him. Good job. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well done. Yeah. So what? So Laura, what happens to the delegates when people of the candidates when they drop out? So for example, Carson has eight. What happens to mm-hmm. his? Yeah. So that can depend on various state laws, as far as I understand. And we're not going to go through all fifty state laws. That would be ridiculous. But. Once regular delegates are pledged, they are required to represent that candidate during the nominating convention's first vote. Um, but in some cases after that, they may either vote for uh, or rather vote in favor of a candidate who received their original candidate support. So like Christie endorsed Trump. So Christie's delegates, all four of them, I think, could then go on to endorse Trump. Um, or they may even choose to make a different decision entirely. Really, it comes down to the state laws on that one. But overall, you're going to see a lot of them endorsing whoever it is that their candidate endorsed. I see. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Christie. <laughs> okay. Free Chris Christie. Speaking of Chris Christie, I'm not sure how many of 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 you saw the news conference with <laughs> Donald Trump giving his victory speech and and Chris Christie was standing behind him in solidarity and he looked like it it honest to god he looked dead inside don it looked like Donald Trump had turned Chris Christie into his horcrux like he had just <laughs> murdered him yeah. and implanted part of his own psychopathic soul into his eyes <laughs> that's yeah. what it, and that's what it happened it's it's hilarious seeing the internet memes about this yeah i was i was actually a little surprised that everybody agreed so much because because you i i could tell as soon as i started watching and then i saw everybody else was noticing it too um and even when he introed trump he was subdued he kind of sounded like he had just heard some bad news or something it, it was really bizarre yeah um but as, it was really strange, especially considering the fact that the Christie campaign sold all of their donor information to the Rubio campaign. Yeah. And then Christie went and endorsed Trump. Very weird. I think Trump has a picture of Chris Christie fucking a goat, personally. <laughs> as someone who grew up in New Jersey and has been following Christie, he's, he's the governor of New Jersey. Um, it's it's I have felt so embarrassed for Christie. He was running for president. He he could have had it in 2012. Everybody wanted him to run. Uh, everybody was begging for him to run. Um, that was his year. He could have done it. He didn't do it. He took a few more years to get ready for 2016. He lost some weight. Um, get, got saw like a hundred more Springsteen concerts. The dude's been over to over, literally over 150 Springsteen concerts. Um, and and now he's Trump's puppet, and it's. It it feels to me like a nightmare SNL skit where you would you six months ago nobody would have ever pictured Christie introing and supporting Trump and standing behind Trump 
as he runs for president as the front runner. It's it's a horrific sight. No, it was creepy. He was staring off into space at nothing in particular. And I could just tell that in his line of vision, he was watching the dream of his Republican Party just fall apart, just fall apart at the seams. Yeah, yeah. He, he's known for being obsessed with Springsteen. I, I saw some great tweets about him silently humming Born to Run in his head and shit <laughs> as Donald was talking. I saw one where they put the R.E.M. song where it was like, that's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight losing my religion. <laughs> so now, like I said, Trump is the front runner here and everybody's expecting him to be the nominee and and and... Now Super Tuesday is done, and he's the very clear front runner here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I gotta tell you guys, I'm really. I don't. I don't know. It kind of feels a little bit. This 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 GOP primary feels a little bit like playing Russian roulette with democracy. So there's part of me that is not thrilled about it because they're all so terrifying, and particularly Trump is so terrifying. That being said, I am really getting off on the schism that is happening in the Republican Party because it's just, it's so profound. I don't think that I can overstate how profound it is. I mean, there are a lot of, I work with a lot of very high-level Republicans um, who are like card-carrying you know, worked for the Bush White House Republicans, and they are convinced that this could lead to the end of the party as we know it, that there's going to be a genuine rift where the party splits in two and the Republicans will either call themselves something else moving forward um, or they're going to try their damnedest to kick out Trump and his supporters and make them call themselves something else there's word that there might be a now a new constitutionalist party that's comprised mostly of of tea partiers and and trump but they can't convince them they you can't force trump to leave the republican party and go do that and he would never do that in his right mind as so long as he wants to win so I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I know that it's, I know it's serious. I know that we're seeing genuinely, I I know we're seeing history happening here. This is like, this is, this is history in the making someday in the not so distant future, you know, our children will be learning about this election and how it profoundly changed uh, our party system and the Republican party. No question. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think three months ago, I thought what was going to happen was they were going to find a way to force Trump out and that Trump would go third party. Right. But it almost seems like the exact opposite is happening now. He's forcing real, honest to God, moderate Republicans out. Yes, he is. There's word there's word on the street is that the that the establishment republicans are going to try and get one of their moderates to run as a third party just to stop trump i mean they're talking everything from bloomberg to mitt romney and they're just like throwing anyone out there that they can or they're thinking about it anyway but here's the thing there's a lot of conversation about why didn't the gop stop trump why didn't they try to cut this off of the past before it got to this crazy point. And the truth is that I think that they did try. I think that they did do a lot of things. I mean, they have met numerous times as a party, as a convention, and had 
public strategy meetings. How do we get Trump out, out of the race? Uh, they have tried deliberately to funnel money away from him. They have, I mean, the National Review, which is a very conservative bastion, it's it's pretty much where all conservatives um, uh, go when they dream of heaven. It's it's like their personal, I don't know, it's like their their personal bitch book. Like everything that's in it is just like they're a wet dream for a Republican. And they all banded around the National Review a few weeks ago saying, we don't want Trump. It was like the first time that they've that they've done that. They signed a long letter saying he's not a Republican. Don't vote for him if you're a Republican. And it was signed by hundreds of party leaders. So the GOP has tried. They've tried and they failed because they're not a united party. That's the bottom line. <sighs> and anyway, that's all I'll say about that for now. We could go on forever. You know what um, I'm thinking about? I'm already having panic, panic attacks about 2020. <laughs> when, let's say Hillary wins <laughs> and then we get to 2020 election. Trump will probably try to run again, right? And, <laughs> we'll and have to Kanye. We'll all this shit again. And Can't forget oh, yeah, Kanye. Kanye. Well, will he run as a Republican? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? He'll probably make his own party. <laughs> the youth party. I agree with you, Andrew, from the aspect that I fear, I fear that what Trump has successfully done here is open up a door for political opportunists such as Chris Christie. People are going to see that this shit works. Yeah. That this shit can get you to the top. Yeah. Before it was unthinkable. Before you had to be presidential. And now it's trendy to be the exact opposite. And I, I do worry that that's, that's going to create a trend moving forward. But I just to wrap this conversation up a little bit, Super Tuesday, let's talk about is this is was it as important as we all envisioned? Because we kind of sort of took a deliberate step back from discussing every single primary along the way. It was just getting too exhausting. Um, But Super Tuesday was different. We thought, do we still stand by that? Do we still think that that it was important and that it it, uh, um, is significant? Well, I think it definitely sealed that Trump is very likely going to be the nominee unless one of these third party candidates comes in or one of these other plans like you mentioned. But I was feeling a little bored by Super Tuesday on a whole. I I was looking forward to it. I was all pumped up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sit in front of the TV, watch my CNN stallions, Wolf, King and, and Cooper all night. Like I was really excited about it. And then I just felt underwhelmed everything that we thought was going to happen happened and that was that there were no surprises so yeah it lived up to expectations in that (laughs) everything happened that we thought and now there's a very bleak gop situation happening right and you and i talked about this a little bit before the show andrew but my response to that is well if you were paying attention then you went into this knowing what was going to happen. So it probably wasn't that exciting. I think the people who it was the most exciting for are the people who weren't paying attention to the numbers going in, ignoring facts in favor of their candidate, and then being disappointed when their candidate ultimately did not perform as well as they thought they would. Yeah. On both sides. I'm I'm not just calling out people on the left, people on the right did it too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm personally I'm okay with predictability in this yes. case. 
I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it because here here's here's the problem is that I I I think that this has become in literal terms, when you look at the GOP side, this shit has become a reality TV show. And that's problematic. And I think the reason that has been turned into a reality television show and is being treated that way is because people like unpredictability. People like to be surprised and shock and awe and ooh, drama. People like that. And I get that. I like that too. I just prefer to watch it on primetime television on like, you know, Scandal or like West Wing or something like that like i don't want it in my i don't want that in my politics and so i'm kind of okay with the way that things turned out all right well to wrap up our super tuesday discussion we are going to have a super tuesday edition of no context so we'll play a few songs here and then we have to connect them to what we just discussed so i think well this is a good starter song this is the song cheap thrills from sia have you guys heard this this radio this top 40 single yet probably not ah. come on come on turn the radio on it's bright and high and i won't be long gotta do my hair put my makeup This is about getting a cheap thrill. Yeah, this is about Ted Cruz trying to convince his followers that he has momentum. <laughs> I was going to say Donald Trump. We, we, we all like Donald Trump because he's a cheap thrill for, for now. I feel like I was going to say I think this is the way Donald Trump views Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, well, here's... I think this song has ruined music. I'll offer my opinion on that after we <laughs> answer. This is Rihanna's new song called Work, featuring Drake. Work, 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 work. You see me heavy, work, 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 work. You see me do me da, 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 da. You saw me better, work, 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 work. Will you walk a la, 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 la. I'm in the cafe, my ta, 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 ta. Dry me, I desert you. I don't even think she sang words. She can't even work in her song "Work." It was hard for no, it was hard for me to understand some of it. Um, yeah, because she's not saying anything. I, I no, but it sounded, you know, it sounded really robotic, really robotic, very uh, a lot of repetition. So I would say Marco Rubio. <laughs> what? Come on. Um, you don't remember chance. you don't remember rubio barack yeah, obama re- knows exactly what he's doing yeah barack i remember obama. that i also remember <laughs> trump being very robotic every time he opens his mouth yeah but rubio is a malfunctioning robot and <laughs> that's that's very much what this song is i agree you know we didn't really speak about him i like rubio uh in bed maybe but for the <laughs> white house well no, I think he, is, he is good looking I of the that. three, you gotta say he's the best, right? But that's like, I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? That's like, <laughs> like Joseph Goebbels and Hitler and being like, oh, well, one of them is better than the other. Uh, I, I know, I, I think Rubio would be a significantly better choice over Trump or Cruz. 
but okay so let's move on to another song here uh oh i was gonna say so that song is so bad she just sings quack 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 which by the way has been sung about in a billion songs previously but then to 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 dumb it down to just the work not even singing about the work it's just it's just horrible and i I think i don't get it what do you mean what do you mean it's been sung about work working a job yeah we all sing about there's songs about work there's okay but but now but now it's not even about about work anymore it's just work it you know, quack, 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 quack. and then she doesn't. She just starts mumbling during the song. I'm just, I'm just so disgusted with the state of music right now. <laughs> you made her sound like a muppet. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. I was actually playing the 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 clip. Oh, okay. Isolated lyrics only. Okay. But so, wait, isn't this? Hmm? I'm sorry. Like this might go back to our discussion from last week. It's not work isn't a job, right? It's work like W E R K, right? No, it's W O R K. The the song is titled W O R K. Okay, that's stupid then. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one more, and I've I have thoughts on this uh, song as well. Great song, by the way. This is Cake by the Ocean by D N C E. So this song, I, I figured it out as um, as it started playing. The the opening line is "See you walking around like it's a funeral." Not so serious, girl. Why this cold feet cold? This was this was Christy last night with with Trump. See you walking mm. around like it's a funeral. You're all sad. Why so sad? It also made me think of Bernie supporters. There's one lyric in there where it talks about we're just getting started. Yeah. You should come roll with us. Yeah. Are you I think s- it really speaks to their enthusiasm. And also you saying come roll with Hillary, Bernie supporters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would I would definitely say in terms of enthusiastic supporters, Bernie has won. <laughs> There's no question about that. Yeah. I feel like this is... Uh... This is Ben Carson here. <laughs> this is this is Ben Carson's goodbye to the world. <laughs> Peace. Except so, it is kind of like a funeral for Ben Carson. I'm sorry. So the band is called DNCE, and you'll never guess who leads it. Hmm. Who? Jonas brother Nick Jonas. Oh really? Which, oh. oh sorry, Joe Jonas. Which Joe Jonas. Yeah, so for the longest time I was listening to this song, Cake by the Ocean, and I was like, Oh, this is a good song, okay. And then finally I see them live and there's Joe Jonas. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this why is this group called DNCE? They should be called Joe Jonas, because I didn't know Joe Jonas was in it. That's probably the point. <laughs> that's probably that's probably why you like it. If you had known it was Joe Jonas going into it, you'd be like, skip. No, no, I like, he's hot, so I like him. Uh, <laughs> that's how you feel about Rubio. Yeah. You make, your, you make your political decisions the same way you make your music choices. <laughs> oh, they're hot. That's why I like Hillary. I would have sex with her if I was straight. Well, <laughs> we, we got that. We just bought him for her. 
Yeah, I do want to buy one of those. I'd bought them for Hillary t-shirts. Wait, there's a t-shirt that says that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bought them for Hillary. Yeah, and uh, Gay Pride is coming up here in June. I'm so wearing that during the Pride Parade. <laughs> I want you I to want... wear that to meet her. <laughs> God, I wonder if she's seen that yet. I want Bill sure to wear too. that. I want Bill to show up <laughs> at the rally. I bought them for Hillary. We know Bill. Okay, we get it. <laughs> Bill, what's I bottom mean? What's bottoming mean? Oh, don't worry about it, honey. So let's move on to hidden from the headlines now. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the Matrix has come to planet Earth. This shit's pretty cool. Scientists think that they have taken the very first step towards a Matrix style instant learning reality. So you guys remember the Matrix, how Neo um, can just kind of plug in and he learned how to... Uh, he learned Kung Fu and he learned how to fly a helicopter in like 30 seconds, right? So HRL Laboratories in California thinks that they have begun uh, the first steps toward accomplishing exactly that. They've conducted experiments in which they studied the brain signals of trained pilots and attempted to transplant those signals into the brains of beginners who were just using a flight simulator, effectively letting the beginners download the brain signals of the experts. And they hooked them up to this machine, and it showed, uh, compared to the control group, that people who were wearing this um, this transplant uh, device, they, had a th- they performed 33% better than the control group across multiple con- control groups and across multiple times and locations uh, and et cetera. So um, it was statistically significant, which was pretty exciting. Now, of course, it, it wasn't as cool as the Matrix. They didn't just like, you know, peace out of there and, you know, go fly off in a, um, you know, stealth fighter, but they, they performed noticeably better uh, because of this. So first of all, how badass is that? And second of all, if you were going to be able to just download any skill, any skill at all, but you can only choose one, what would what would you do? Well, it would be what I mentioned, I think, a week or two ago, which is I would love to be a pianist. A pianist? You'd love to be a pianist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I say a pianist. I think it sounds nicer. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it'd be remarkable to have a skill like that. You know, speaking of de-stressing and whatnot, I would love to play an instrument at night. Um, yeah, so that would be mine. I think I would want to be a scientist. Like, I would love to download Neil deGrasse Tyson's brain. <laughs> Seriously, just follow That's him not- on Twitter long enough, and you'll be just like him. I I love him on Twitter. <laughs> It's one of my favorite people. But here's my question: so you can download people's smart waves. Um, can you download people's dumb waves? Like, so let's say that th- these pilots, right? You've got a pilot who's a really excellent skilled pilot, but this person is a complete dunce when it comes to something totally simple, like going out and getting the mail. Do you end up with the good and the bad? Like going <laughs> um, out to get the mail. Yeah, if- I don't know. Just some simple, like, day-to-day task. Okay. I mean, maybe if they project those waves over Fox News, then yeah, I think that... <laughs> It does dumb you down. <laughs> apparently, 
Of course, CNN. CNN. For sure, <laughs> CNN. Apparent, apparent, which is explains why I've lost some IQ points <laughs> in the past 24 hours. <laughs> but if the way it works, though, is that they only trans they only transmit the signals that are occurring while the expert is performing the task. So no, you're not, they're not getting all the brain signals. You're only, they, they found a way to isolate only the brain signals that are related to the task at hand. So yeah. But what if you're thinking about something else? Like I'm one of those people that, um, I think about a lot of things while I'm working, primarily sex so, like, if I'm thinking about getting boned while I'm working and that gets transferred to somebody, is we're that beneficial? Or bothering for Hillary. That's right. Oh, my God. I yeah. wish I can tell you, <laughs> I hope someday this 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 comes to fruition for the public and I am chosen as one of like those expert brains or whatever. And they're like, all right, think really hard about whatever thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. I'm going to think really hard about, you know, the test pilot or whatever. And and then really, I'm just thinking about like deep throating. And then like <laughs> the guy who's like hooked up to the other end just go ho- goes home and has like this massive desire to suck dick. It's like, where did this come from? Or there on the spot sister. is like, is suddenly like, oh, I'm suddenly very horny. What's wrong I'm with me? really good at deep throating now. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, I think this is really cool. And this, I think this could really be a breakthrough for a lot of things. I mean, of course, I primarily think about language learning. Mm. I mean, there's always this question in the linguistic community of, you know, you learn a language so much easier when you're in that critical age as a child, and it's never as easy for you to do it once you're an adult. Something like this could potentially be an answer. Or you can just watch enough CNN and revert back to being a child. The brain, de- <laughs> the brain development of a child. Yeah. But it is cool. Yeah. Super cool. Super sci-fi. I love it. Guess what? It's time now for Surprise Bitch. And I'm going to play the intro clip this week. Oh, my God. Surprise Bitch. <laughs> Surprise Bitch. I love that. Okay, Laura, pick a number between 1 and 436. Let's do... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 369. Ooh, 69. Wow, someone... You knew I was going to pick that. I was like, wait. (laughs) About deep-throating, and you're going to ask John if he likes to (laughs) deep-throat. Hey, he might. No judgments. He's an Apple nerd. Oh, good. I can tell from his email address. Is it an iCloud email address? It's at Mac. Oh, it's one of those. That's old school. Yeah. There's Apple Watch. Hello? Hi, John. Yes. Surprise, bitch. It's Millennial. Bitch. What? It's Millennial Podcast. (laughs) What's up? Oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Where in the U.S. are you? Uh, I'm in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Oh, okay. What? Shit. I've You're been there. Like Ten feet from my yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God, I... this is like so weird that I'm talking to you guys. This is insane. <laughs> we are suddenly real. I, I, I know, I, really. You're, you're into Apple products, aren't you? 
Uh, yes, I am. Yeah. See, so, so I could <laughs> tell from your at Mac email address, and then you answer the phone, and one of your devices, one of your other Apple devices, is still ringing after you answered. Yeah, that, that, that was my that was my MacBook that started ringing. See, I was on my computer. Isn't that shit fucking annoying? I actually, I, I know. had to turn I, that I off. I, it I drives I me nuts. Like, pick it up, and yeah, I turned it off too. Same reason. I I can't have <laughs> eight things ringing. So anyway, um. I mean, I guess we kind of know about Maryland since Elisa lives there, but what's something cool you like to do in Maryland? Um, I mean, I love going up, going uh, boating up and down the Chesapeake Bay and love eating crab cakes. Oh, cool. man. We're, that's we're like gonna quintessentially Maryland. <laughs> we're such a bros. Well, Elisa, why don't you ask him a question about your Matrix story? Uh, okay, so we were just talking about um, this this cool new contraption that that scientists have developed, and it allows one person to transmit their brain signals to another person, and they effectively download the skills, right? Of what? Yeah, it, like like in true Matrix, like Neo style fashion. It's, you know, it's 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 in its infancy, but yeah, it's effectively what it does. So, what would you do if you could download anyone's like awesome skill, what would you choose? Ah, uh, jeez, I don't know. I mean, I would probably have to pick some type of athlete, I guess, like a baseball or you know, soccer player, and download their skills. Yeah, uh, that's just that's just off the top of my head. But yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good one. So we we said learn a language, um, play an instrument, but deep yeah. throating. We also said deep throating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, kind Andrew, of... Andrew would say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, he did. No. It was him. You're right. Um, guess deep throating is kind of like a sport. Yeah, that's you have I'm to be sure pretty. There's a skill to that. Yeah, you, not not oh. everyone's great at it. I mean, let's be sure. Let's be clear. There is for sure skill. <laughs> that Elisa has worked long and hard to get that down right. <laughs> Um, I, if you're in porn, I guess you could, it'd benefit you to learn that. So, all right, John. Well, thanks for your support. And, uh, we're glad we genuinely surprised you. It sounds like we did. Yeah. Like I, I saw the, I saw my, my phone popped up as a no caller ID and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, well, let me pick it up. Cause I'm thinking it might be millennial. And then I was like, <laughs> but I'm thinking, I was just like ballpark. Like it's not going to be them. It's going to be like some marketer or whatever. And then you guys completely threw me for a loop. Cool, cool. So well, yeah, it's it's it's. I've been such a big fan of you guys for so long. I've awesome. listened to MuggleCast since like episode twenty or twenty five. Cool. Very oh cool. my god. So, wow. Oh my yeah. god. Thank you for paying attention to us all this time. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah. I've I've gr- I've grown up with you guys since like I think my sophomore junior year of high school, and I've oh now been out god. of college for five years now. Cool. So you're about you're so you're twenty six, twenty seven. I'm I'm 27, so I'm I'm like roughly the same age as you guys. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm 27. Oh my god, we grew up together. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys are like my Harry Potter friends. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, listen, um, these bitches are gonna. <laughs> I love how I'm just putting Andrew on the spot for this. <laughs> these these bitches are coming to DC for the election um, in November. So, and we're you should you should come hang out with us. Yeah, definitely. You guys have to do like some meetup in D.C. or something. Yeah, for sure. We'll deep throat. It'll be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> good, good time. Good time. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, John. <laughs> oh. All right. See ya.
All right. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. 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 All right. Well, we got a hot date on election night. Oh. <laughs> By the way, you know, I, it was so funny when you were like saying all these Apple things about him and you said John. I was like, is it John Thrasher? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, is this a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I do. I do want to do that, by the way, but I don't want to leave my boyfriend Mike behind. So bring him. All right. If you guys are fine with that. I like Mike. But are we going to stay in a hotel? Sure. Don't you do you not remember when I met Mike and I think I talked to Mike more than I talked to you? I know. No, that no, night, I know you I know you love him. It's just are we gonna have room to hold five uh, whatever, we'll figure well, it out. Well, I mean if you guys want a deep throat, you can have your own room. <laughs> That's not quite <laughs> no. Elisa and I can get our own room to scissor. <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. Matt can bring Tim. It'll be so much fun. All right. It'll be like right. a couples weekend. Oh my god. So to wrap up the show today, I have a couple recommendations. First of all, Disney Animation's next film is coming out, and it, it, it it's kind of surprising everybody because apparently it's very good. It's called Zootopia, and if, if you've seen the previews, you're probably like, ah, it probably looks like it, it's probably like Madagascar. Fuck that, like who cares? Well, it has a very rare 100 percent average on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited. And get get this, the movie is apparently about is is about racism. So. Very excited to see this and see the deeper meetings behind this. Um, Disney Animation's really been killing it lately. They've done a ton of great movies. Wreck-It Ralph. Um, another big one is coming out next year called... Um, or later this year called Moana. It's their next animated musical. Which it's probably going to be one of those Disney classics. Um, they had Big Hero 6 in 2014. Of course Frozen, but not everybody loves that one. Just the kids. So anyway, Zootopia, check it out this weekend. And also this weekend is House of Cards, season four. We were talking about enjoying watching political dramas. This is one of the ultimate political dramas. And uh, that's on Netflix this weekend. And uh, finally, this is a gag recommendation. I I'm finally experiencing allergies for the first time in my life. So I've been like dying every time I step outside. You can get such great deals on Amazon on allergy medicine. <laughs> What is happening right now? What? <laughs> I just want to say welcome to the club. Yeah. I, I've been I, an allergy sufferer my entire life and it fucking blows. Yeah. I haven't experienced this before, like sinus pressure and like I can't look into the sun. Mm -hmm. My eyes just burn. So anyway, um, <clears throat> you can buy Costco allergy medicine on, on Amazon. $22 for 365 supplements meaning it'll get you through an entire year 22 bucks it's it's off brand but the reviews are fucking phenomenal so i ordered this shit it's back ordered because everybody's apparently dying of allergy attacks right now so um yeah life pro tip you can always go generic on medicine because it's the same thing just with amazing? different packaging isn't that amazing anyway those are all the recommendations i have anything so from you three boys. or did i hijack it no, I think we already covered my recommendation earlier with the deep throating, so I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, coming up on After Dark, we are going to be discussing an interesting story about a 12-year-old girl who was arrested for using emojis. Certain emojis. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll debate that. And also, I want to talk about an interesting quote that I read this week. There's no incentive to act presidential because it doesn't get you airtime. This is the defining mm -hmm. moment for Trump. This is what this is uh, how Trump is winning. So I want to talk about that because I think it's really interesting and sad. So 
Yeah. <laughs> like like most of this election. <laughs> very interesting and very sad. All right. What's our closing song this re- week? Uh, well, I, well, I don't know. I'll make it a surprise. <laughs> oh, we wrote I think it. this is this is in honor of Leo's Oscar win and or in honor of the departure of Chris Christie's career. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to visit MillennialShow.com. Email us, MillennialShow at gmail.com. And please support us. We would appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Millennial. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. Y soy Laura. Oh. <laughs> Fucking end it. <laughs> See everybody next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.